Hi, Eddie here. Red and I have used Zencaster to record all of our episodes of Punk Rock Elite because it's easy, browser-based, and it gives us separate tracks that are easy for me to edit. It can also be used for 4K video too. Maybe we'll try that one day. It's really easy to use. It can do a lot of the editing for you, clipping out your ums and ahs, and adding an EQ to bring out the best in your voice, all from a single website. If you want to make a podcast but aren't sure how to go about it, then Zencaster provides everything you need to record, edit and distribute your new show to Spotify, Apple and a ton of other places that people get their podcasts. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use our code PUNKROCKELITE and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Punk Rock Elite, a podcast about no effects. Time travel, a wonderful thing. Oh, yeah. We're going all the way back to the old 1994 to spin uh, an album that I think, I think it was released in January of that year. Well, let's hop in the DeLorean. Whoa. <laughs> um, hey, it's Lagwagon. They're in trouble, Marty. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's Lagwagon. We're, we're, we're going to talk about, so we're doing another peer pressure episode. We're talking about uh, Lagwagon's 1994 album, Trashed. Yeah, so if you're a fan of a NoFX podcast, but you're somehow sick of us talking about NoFX, we've got a light reprise for you mm. this week. Well, we're, we're this year, the t- 2024 is very 1994 oriented Sure, in, yeah. our, in our programming. We're going to carry on with the interviews and all that kind of stuff, and that'll take place in all sorts of years uh, mm-hmm. and uh, potentially the future too. Who knows? But we did say, you know, no effects are what I've started to call a 1994 band. I know they started in 1983, but they were part <laughs> of that 1994 wave, you know, the post grunge thing, you know, that's when uh, they're part of that generation of bands, even though that contains several generations. It's complicated, but you get my meaning. So um, because we want to carry on reviewing and deep diving albums, I don't think mm-hmm. we really review them as such. We tend to just give up. Is that it's is a review? We thought we'd do that with peers and friends of No Effects, and mm-hmm. we thought we'd theme it this year to thirty-year-old albums. And Lagwagon's one of them, so that's why Lagwagon are, are friends and contemporaries of No Effects. And we talk about that uh, plenty. But how, how have you been read since last time we met the nice people? I'm very well, thank you. Um, yes. I'm, I'm very well in particular because, you know, yesterday we did our our first band practice. We did, yes. We, uh, we're we recording this intro um, a couple of days after we recorded the last episode uh, mm-hmm. because... Uh, but Red will be back from holiday by the time you hear this. But, <laughs> but Red is currently on holiday, so we're mm-hmm. we're recording this one quite a bit in advance. But that's... Okay, so if if there's some massive event in the world of punk rock that we're just 
willfully ignoring if, <laughs> um, you know, if if Hefe explodes, if, you know, uh, Smelly starts running for president. Well, if, you know, we're not mentioning it because it hasn't happened yet. So, yeah, just to reveal that. So you're having a nice time on holiday. Uh, Absolutely. Right so that's um, cool. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm having such a nice time on holiday because of the band practice yesterday. Uh, we're getting ready yes. for um, this 30th anniversary of Punk and Drublick. Mm. Um, we've invited some bands to record uh, some tracks for the album, and we're going to be um, uh, delivering a couple ourselves. We are. We are with the Midlife Punk podcast, uh, Tom and Niall. We are the Midlife Elite. That's the, the name we came up with and the one that we are sticking to in spite of any better <laughs> suggestions we have received along the way. And Numerous it, though they are. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're, I mean, some of them really obvious as well. But nope, we've made our decision. It's on all of the documentation. Uh, so that's what we're doing. Yeah, so we, we played two songs over and over again yesterday. Um, and it was the first time I've been in a band for, gosh, maybe 10 years. Yeah, same for me, I think, as well. And, and the same for Niall. Yeah. Uh, um, Tom has been in the band most recently. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was it was great. I'm not going to lie. I'm not even going to fuck around. Even when we were fucking it up, it was fun. And we're not going to reveal the songs yet. Like those are a bit, little bit of a secret. Yeah. But rest assured, it went it went okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were we we were quite taken aback at, uh, at how if we all just play the bits we're supposed to, it works. Mm-hmm. It's really, really weird how that works, isn't it? It's, it is crazy how that works. It was it, it. It's like when you follow the recipe, you go, "This food tastes good." It's really. <laughs> yeah. oh, I don't know. I don't know if anyone else has found this life hack of doing what you're supposed to do and then it works it's just yeah it's just great so yeah so we had a, a lovely time uh we were at the, the pirate.com we weren't going to mention which studios it was but they were actually really good so pirate.com uh the sheffield branch we were there yeah, this is the uh, for those of you that don't know they're sort of like the um well, well they're like an app version of of studios uh, there's no people there you don't they're like to airbnb yeah, it, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get given codes to open the main door and then your specific rehearsal room. And then there's just all the stuff in there. You do it and then you leave. Yeah, the, you don't like need to talk to a, uh, an angry sound tech. Yeah. Um, you just get in, get out. Uh, it's, it's quite sad in some ways. It's a little bit dystopian. But <laughs> it is a little bit um, convenient. It wasn't quite as sad as the age of the other users of the studio uh, that we met. Uh, they were all very young people. <laughs> they were young people making young people's music, and we and we felt. I think we all felt lightly self-conscious walking through to go and play some cringe old rock music while there was young urban kids doing beats and spitting rhymes it was niall pointed out that we are now the band of old guys doing covers next door (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that that really yeah that that stung a little bit but (laughs) but it was so much fun i stopped caring about that very very quickly yeah no it was uh it was very very good indeed so yeah we're very pleased 
to have done that. And there, I know there are people listening going, mate, I do that twice a week. I don't know why you think this is a impre- I haven't done it for a while, all right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's exciting and nice. Let us be excited about a nice thing. Absolutely. Because we've only got, I mean, it's less than a month until we actually go in to the studio and record our tracks, which is another thing that's going to be really weird. But yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. I believe uh, we are no longer able to accept applications to appear on the record that we are making. Ah, that's exciting. We we are full. We are absolutely full. Every single song has been accounted for. Yes, even that one. I know. Well, there's no room at the end. There isn't because we let's talk about formats. We want to mm. we want to make this available. Obviously, this will be a digital release. There will be a digital version of this that you can buy. But we understand that people like physical releases these days. The pendulum has swung back. And we found out that you can only fit about 44 minutes on a long-playing 12-inch vinyl. And we definitely have more than 44 minutes of, <laughs> uh, of material available to us. Yeah. So, uh, so that is causing a problem because, uh, you know, what would a middle-aged punk definitely do uh, is buy a vinyl if it's available so obviously we want to sell as many of these as possible make enough money for the charities uh, as possible and you know just get it out there and also you know all the bands are contributing these out off their own back out of their own pocket they're not getting compensated for this so we just want this in the hands and ears of as many people as possible Dare we release a double vinyl? No, come on, that's insane. We're, we're, gonna work, we're working on it. We're working with some record labels um, who are helping us out and advising us and doing all that kind of thing. We'll talk about those in due course as well. But uh, yeah, so we've had we've had a very exciting day since we last recorded together. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's very, very exciting indeed. What's equally exciting, of course, is uh, another episode in our peer pressure so if you are into lag wagon if you uh and we don't care how you got into them did you pick up did you get into them like me did you pick up the um one of the fat music comps uh, the survival of the fattest which had uh know it all and mr coffee on it and uh got into them that way are you a, a may 16 tony hawks but equally valid, equally valid. Matt absolutely, Brunson, that's equally, how I got there. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. That, <laughs> Tony Tony Hawk has helped a lot of people own a house. Look, Tony Hawk is a, is a gateway drug. Oh. A gateway drug. Even better, a gateway drug. <laughs> so yeah, if you got in through the gateway drug that is Tony Hawk Pro Skater Volume One, Two, Three, whatever it is they're on now. I mean, to be honest, they were a bit like that's what I call music, but for punks, but it was the Tony Hawk soundtrack, which, <laughs> which is wild. Um, so, yes, uh, then you'll know Lagwagon, and Lagwagon are proper good fun, always worth it. So, we were very, very happy to listen to their 1994 offering, Trashed. And we'll talk all about that in the main episode, which is about to start now. Oh, I best get, best get a seats. 
Yeah, yes, I'm going to do an ollie <laughs> on the way. <laughs> Just saying, if I need to get all of this lag from uh-huh. to another, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Well, maybe you need like like a large, like a you know, like some sort of vehicle. Oh, vehicle! Oh, yeah, that would be you know like um, what's the thing? You know, like um, in the olden days, like in the Wild West. A cart. Yes. Lag yes. cart. That's what a I need. Good. Cart. Speaking of which, peer pressure. We're back to 1994. Absolutely. Why on earth could we be doing that? Because it's been 30 years since um, Lag Wagon. I huh, have to think about that for later. Lag Wagon. Released, oh wow, really? They released it on the 4th of January 1994, so wow. we're not not super far away. So this is just past 30 years. Is is this album Joey Cape's New Year's Resolution? It could be. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> could be. Um, thought, do you know what? We're going to, uh, going to change it up a little bit from their previous album, Duh. I think that was 1992, so they've had two years and... They uh, they recorded this in uh, well presumably they recorded it in 1993 if it was ready to go by January the fourth. It's what we're going to be talking about today. One of the 1994 things. Now, obviously, this was released pretty much before all the other big 1994 albums. Smash was released in the April, I think, because um, it was released like just after Kurt Cobain died. Right. Uh, Punk and Drublet was released. Dookie. Um, Stranger Than Fiction by Bad Religion. So these guys sort of snuck in their 1994 skate punk SoCal album yeah. for everybody else. So Lagwagon, for those of you who aren't familiar, but come on, guys. You're listening to a NoFX podcast and you're going, Lagwagon, I don't know what that means. Goleta, California, just outside Santa Barbara. I'm taking all this from Wikipedia as usual, uh, even though that's been proven to be incorrect in the in the time um uh previous but that's all right um so they've done 12 releases through fat records nine studio albums live album uh an ep and some b-side compilations demos and stuff like that so they've been on they've pretty much been on fat since they started releasing records which is pretty cool yeah one of like the more um, I suppose loyal bands from the, the the Fat Wreck stable. Yeah, I think they're one of the more they're more like a sort of one of the family bands, aren't they? Like the mm-hmm. sort of the family thing. I know in the Fat Wreck documentary, um, Mike's ex-wife, who I forget the first name. Her name of. is Erin. Erin, of course. Um, and but she says, I know that. Um, I should say it's no effects, but I just think Lagwagon are a better band. Sure. <laughs> what we've learned, so for those of you who worry that we don't talk about no effects enough anymore, from what we've learned from Two Jealous Agains, the mm-hmm. song where Mike describes combining his and Erin's record collections, she doesn't mind a bit of metal. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't mind a bit of metal, Lagwagon might be the band for you. Yes. As we will get to. Uh, also, currently, they are um, three members of RKL, Rich Kids on LSD, mm-hmm. 
along with Joey Cape and Chris Flippin, are the only two original members. Mm. Um, but they have had the same drummer and second guitarist since the late 90s. Their original drummer, uh, Derek Plaud, Plaude, P-L-O-U-R-D-E. I don't know how to pronounce his surname, I'm afraid. He passed away, um, which they did a, a whole album Almost, they did uh, the one with heartbreaking music on it and stuff like that. He left long before he passed away, but he was still in like an out. He did uh, he did like Bad Astronaut with Joey Cape and stuff. He yeah. left for for reasons that weren't a falling out. So uh, that's nice. Also, uh, one of uh, on one tour, Chris Shiflett from the now in the Foo Fighters yes. played guitar for him. That Scott Shiflett, his brothers played for them, and Lindsay McDougall from Frenzel Romp has also provided guitar. Uh, Shiflett will have worked with Joey Cape in Me First as well, right? Yes, they know each other from Me First. Chris Shiflett, I believe, worked. I think he worked at Fat Records in like like the mail order department or something. He's not yes. really that sort of, he like he likes, but he was that, that kind of guy, but um, he was in no use for a name for a while as well. Yeah. And then, um, and then when he was in no use for a name, the Foo Fighters guitarist job came up and he said, I might go for it. And they said, please go for it. That'd be insane not to go for it. And, you know, he's been in the band ever since. So that's Lagwagon. Trashed. Their second one. Produced by Fat Mike. Oh, okay. So very in-house. Uh, recorded at West Beach Recorders in Hollywood, California. So it's 37 minutes long, just under. There is a secret track on it as well, so there's a bit of extra. So we're looking at sort of, you know, a 35-minute long album, which is fine. I can think of a way that that would be taken down to 30, but... <laughs> That's personal, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, the album cover is a photograph of a lot of crap. <laughs> yeah, I really like the album artwork for this. I think it's one of those albums that you can, like, kind of stare at for a while because it's yeah. um, it's got so much going on. For those of you that haven't seen it, it is essentially trash. You know, the yep. album is called Trashed. Mm. So we're looking at an assemblance of um, littered material including uh, a photo of the band in soccer gear in the center. And I mm. like it because, you know, you've got the band members, so you can have a, a nice little gawk at them. But mm. then there's like so much random stuff around it. It's like yeah. a Where's Wally. You could just spend a little bit of time. It is. There's, uh, there's an old jar of mayonnaise, there's beer cans, cigarette butts. There's a Johnny or there a is, rubber yeah. for any of our transatlantic listeners. Uh, condom is what I mean. So... Yep, cool. So let's have just an initial, what did you feel about this album, Red? Uh, well, I hadn't listened to this particular Lagwagon album previously. Um, mm. I've listened to a lot of their other stuff. Um, I actually think that this may be my favourite Lagwagon album. I've, wow. I've really enjoyed it. You were sleeping um, on your favourite. It doesn't sound like a second album of... A band like I didn't expect them to be that their sound to be as bedded in as it is like I think that they've mm -hmm. really established who they are and what they sound like by this point and I, yes. I don't think I could say the same for no effects on their second album oh certainly not 
Um, so, you know, in terms of that, I think I think Trashed is a lot better than S&M Airlines. I'll say that. Um, I, I think that there's also... Lagwagon clearly by this point have been playing their instruments or, or actively practicing yes. their instruments a lot more than no effects, for example. I mean, I've always considered Lagwagon to be musically more advanced than the other bands that I listen to in the same sort of, you know, sphere. Yeah. Uh, like, I do think musically Lagwagon are more advanced than, um, you know, a, a lot of no effects. Um, a, a lot of their peers, a lot of the people that they appear in the same paragraphs as. Yeah, and I think yeah. it comes from what you've mentioned earlier with like the metal influence. Mm. I think that they just have musically um, just just more range um, and more understanding of melodies and how music fits together and all of the things that I do not understand. <laughs> yes, there's there's a lot of rhythmical aspects on this and yeah. stuff like that. They do a lot of. Um, I've always thought of them. I've always, I've had these sounds in my head whenever I've thought about Lagwagon, and it we'll we'll get to the song, but but basically it's a play some chords normally, and then do a whittly bit at the end of it, and then in <laughs> yeah. harmony and stuff, and it's sort of it 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 feels like there's a lot of like flourishes and a lot of extra not extra as in sort of just showing off or like a bit of bonus content at the end of every line like as Jerry stops singing now okay put in a bit where the guitars go you know they're filling out every single second with stuff there's something about it that to me feels really nerdy in like the best way like I just um I just know that this album has been recorded with you know Cheeto dust on their fingers I, I don't know. There's something that's very basement dwelling, but in a nice way <laughs> about this. The the sort of Weezer that you'd let near children. Yeah, I just think that whilst they weren't, you know, like whilst one of them was recording their bit, the rest of them were playing Mario Party on the GameCube. Yes, I mean, <laughs> if that wasn't so anachronistic um, for, for for 1993, but yes, yes they'd be true. playing some. Yes, absolutely, I can totally, I totally get that. Drive. Yeah, I think the uh, Genesis for those listening in the US. Of course, yeah, no, yeah, very good. Yeah, did you know that American listeners? We called the Genesis Sega Genesis the Mega Drive. Weird, isn't it? Yeah, but then you know. The uh, evangelical right have never been as powerful over here as they have over there. So maybe, they said, <laughs> maybe, maybe they needed it to be biblical. But yeah, Mega Drive just sounds more 90s though, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It's uh, Anyway, <laughs> uh, video game names aside. This, yeah, I, I, I've always liked Lagwagon. I, I first encountered them on uh, a Survival of the Fattest compilation. Uh, or you know, a fat a fat music compilation, Survival of the Fattest, which I think was the second one. Well, I'm not. Yes, I think it was the second one. I like many other people uh, came to Lagwagon via Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I um, don't think we could have got too far, too much further in without mentioning that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. May 16 is, I mean, just remember when we saw No Effects in Leeds, they finished their sets with May 16 
And it was a marked difference in the response. Everyone was enjoying them. They had a good time. They sounded great. They were doing really, really well. And then they said, all right, this is our last one. Thank you. Goodbye. Started May 16. And wow, a lot of people's thumbs started twitching just in just in sort of, you know, muscle memory. It was, they, uh, and it is great. There's no two ways about it. And they are great. You know, I've seen them a few times and I think that they're always really, really impressive live. Hmm. Um, when we saw them with no effects, it wasn't the best I've seen them, but also I think that they're working under the time constraint of having to do, you know, a 30 minute set to an audience that would love to see more. Yeah, this audience would have been expecting minimum 45 because they weren't even the main support, were they? It was Lester no, Jake yeah. who were on after them. And I know you, you felt a little bit, why is that happening? And then you saw the crowd response to Lester Jake and went, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm just a bigger Lagwagon fan than I am a Lester Jake fan. Sure, sure. It's easily done. It's easily done. But um, yeah, really, really i've always i've always uh, enjoyed them a lot i'm more familiar with like double platinum which i think might be the album after this mm-hmm. um oh no that was two albums away there was hoss and then double platinum and then uh yeah just and they put out a lot in the 90s they were pretty prolific um because i mean they put out hoss the year after trashed you know straight away although admittedly yeah. they did get an album out right at the beginning of the year and then went right okay now we've got a bit of time so let's get into it so it opens off opens off opens up with island of shame yeah obviously a great track Um, yeah i think it's like it's it's an interesting opening track because i think it's um i think it's one of the strongest tracks on the album but it also like it's not like a a classic opening track in that it kind of like sets things up for the rest of the album to kind of like take over because mm. I feel like there's so many different parts to this, this opening track that in, in itself, I know it's only like two and a half minutes, but it feels like its own mini epic. Like it's got so many moving parts to it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's got that. It starts off sort of quite slow as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. Sort of hanging chords things. And then, and then it kicks into the double time. Um, the it's also got that sort of very metal stop starty sort of syncopated feeling i don't know if it is syncopated or not but it feels it feels like it would be hard to count along with i yeah. found it hard to count along with i can't count right that's what i'm saying there but yeah basically that uh joey's voice sounds really good on this one that might be uh, one of the strong things i think this has got quite a lot of feeling of the previous album so they're sort of i don't know if they're letting people in to what they expect a Lagwagon album to be and then they can change it up a little bit or I don't know but I I think Island of Shame it's weird it's not like you say a conventional opener yeah in it's not like a linoleum or a smells like teen spirit or a you know a big yeah it's starting it's a lot more well, it's got different speeds hasn't it it's got yes. different it's just got different moving parts Absolutely. And I think that it's a, uh, I think it's a real, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really nice little bit because there's, there's a bit of everything that's going to happen in the album in here. It's sort of a yeah. statement of intent, I suppose. Exactly so that, that. that kind of an opener where they go, it, oh, oh, if you like all of these little bits, there's going to be songs that lean more heavily on this style thing or this one or this. So yeah it, it's like a pick and mix of what's to come mm. 
Yeah, you've got a little tapas of um, of <laughs> trashed. A trash chest. No. <laughs> I'm not following that. Not this early on a morning. So, uh, yeah, Island of Shame. Really, really fun. So, uh, then we move to Lazy. Now, this... Yeah. There's a little recurring theme throughout this album. Um, and I could do without it. Oh, do you not like Lazy? No, I like Lazy. Um, it's it's part of the trend of having little dialogue snippets from stuff. Oh, right. And I feel like I feel like they just got told that they could do that, and then <laughs> went, "What well, really?" I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, you can just do it. Go, Shit, and then got a little overexcited and started doing it on everything i uh i grew up listening to a lot of uh wednesday 13 and the um and and his former band wednesday 13 and the frankenstein drag queens from planet 13 and they start literally every track they've ever recorded with a clip from some horror b movie right yeah and so this is at least at least it isn't that um, sure. Oh, look, I, I understand. As with all complaints I have about most things, they could be ever so much worse. It's just that <laughs> it, I don't know why it, it bothers me because it doesn't always bother me. There's samples in things that I think are, I think it's just, they just feel very sample happy. Yeah, sure. Also, when they said, uh, does the word duh mean anything to you? I'm like, Well, just because you forgot to do it on the album called Duh. Don't just put it somewhere for whatever. Anyway, I don't know what it's from. It could be incredibly appropriate, and I could be totally wrong. But <laughs> I, uh, I didn't, I didn't go looking. But uh, this uh, Fat Mike does vocals on this. Oh, really? Yeah, he does backing vocals. Um, there's uh, bits where Joey sounds like he's having an argument with a less good at singing version of himself, and that's Mike. Oh, that's interesting. But 1994, Mike. I think what really stands out for me on this album um, compared to other Lagwagon stuff is uh, Joey's vocal. Um, Mm. I have listened to a lot of Lagwagon previously and I haven't heard him sound as um, intense and animated on multiple tracks. Like there's normally the odd track where he's, he's, you know, a little bit gruffer than usual. But like on this album in general, I do think that he's you know, has a slightly more aggressive vocal than what I've come to expect from him. Yeah, the the album they did um, in memory of Derek, mm-hmm. uh, especially that song Heartbreaking Music that they released, that his vo- his vocal performance on that was, was pretty raw, but it was about the death of his friend. So I just, I, but I think overall his vocals are a real highlight of this. And also the harmonies in general, they do some really great stuff on this. Like the iconic skate punk harmonies and mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, for, for that kind of thing. There's a really busy bass line in the post-chorus bit as well. And yeah. it sort of feels almost sort of prog, <laughs> almost. I, th- I think I... I may have said this earlier on the podcast when we've discussed Lagwagon previously, but I stand by it. Mm-hmm. I consider them to be the, uh, they're like the rush of skate punk. Uh, I can totally see what you mean. Um, and I imagine that would upset many, many people. Oh, it's, so it's one I... of the most imperfect musical analogies you can think of, but I'm standing by it for some that's, reason. 
That's fine. We stand by imperfection on this on this no effects podcast. I wonder why we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like the fact that this song is about wanting to do fuck all when the instruments are actually being incredibly busy. <laughs> yeah, it's called lazy, but the song's quite busy. Yeah, really, really just <laughs> just above and beyond the call of musical duty on this. And it's about, and Joey's just there going, wish I was lying about doing fuck all. And yeah, so that I did find very funny. But I like I like this one. We've not really had I think it I think we wait until track three to hear a sort of nineteen ninety four skate punk song. Yes. I agree. Know it all is what you would imagine if someone said imagine that post ninety four skate punk sound. Know it all would be the closest of these first three and i love and this is the one that i'm very familiar with because it was on the um survival of the fattest compilation there was this oh. one and a song from the previous album duh called mr coffee um because apparently they felt like they could just in the descendants absence they could just do all of the punk coffee songs <laughs> you can tell they're from two different albums a little bit but yeah i love know it all and but then it has been in my head for over 25 years so that's really interesting it, it's actually my least favorite song on the album really that always yeah. is but not in um but i don't dislike it i think it's sure i think it's good i just um i prefer how lag wagon sound on the rest of the tracks uh, for what because i think you're right this sounds more quintessentially like a skate punk song from 1994 than the rest but I like the other songs because I think they're more uniquely lagwagon. Fair enough. I mean, I am looking through this with a a big old slab of nostalgia getting in the way. So don't expect objective, objective, subjective. Don't expect the the clever one for uh, intelligences from me on this one because it's just been a song there um i i really like it uh, but it, it's and it's also got that lag wagon thing it's like it's like just okay every time joey's not singing they put some whittly bits in which i like but and, and i think the the chorus has got a sort of a basket case style chord sequence as well yeah and also the bass seems to like double the vocal melody on the first chorus which is mm-hmm. or the first pre-chorus which i find um really interesting there's possibly one of the most incomplete quotes i've ever read on wikipedia it says here discussing know-it-all guitarist sean dewey explained that it was constructive criticism towards people who are involved in the whole scene and they like certain bands at certain times hmm. what I understand what you mean. Actually, we should do the credits here. I forgot to. Joey Cape doing vocals. Chris Flippin on guitar. Sean Dewey on guitar. Jesse Buglione on bass. And Derek Plaude or Plaude on drums. Produced uh, by Lagwagon and Fat Mike. Uh, Mike also doing backing vocals on Lazy. Recorded by Don Cameron and also recorded by Joe Pecherio. Pecherillo, butchering some names there. Yeah, no, love this one. And I think everyone who is my age and got into punk the same way I did probably uh, 
has a, a visceral reaction every time they hear know it all. Did you but... say that they have their longest serving guitarists on board by this point? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the longest serving guitarist who is um, Chris Flippin, he has been there since the beginning. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I, I was going to say, like, if this hasn't been written and recorded with their uh, more familiar bandmates, I would be really impressed because just because of like it sounds so lagwagon, I would be, um, you, you know, like how like the first few, like No Effects only start sounding really like No Effects when Hefe joins. I would be really surprised if they didn't have, that, yeah, um, those members already joined at this point. Yes, this is with all the original members of Lagwagon. Sure. They all uh, recorded on this. I mean, their bass player didn't leave until two thousand and ten. Oh, okay. uh, when little Joe from uh, RKL joined the drummer Derek, he was on the next album as well. So was Sean Dewey, the the guitarist. They had like an interim guitarist, Ken Stringfellow, who went on to be in um, REM. Obviously, <laughs> their sort of regular guitarist joined in the the guy the guy who plays guitar for them still now, who I assume is the incredibly tall man, Chris Rest. He was in uh, nineteen ninety eight. He joined. So yeah, they they've had a they've they've had pretty stable lineups. Yeah, like they've lasted a long time. There are some, honestly, you go to some bands Wikipedia timelines, and it's like, what is going on, mate? I can't. It it looks like the most horrific hard version of Guitar Hero in the world. It's like, what <laughs> what is this? So they sound like Lagwagon, and I think Joey's voice has got a lot to do with that, yeah. and the way Joey sculpts melodies and things like that. Uh, which I think he's brilliant at. Have you heard any of his like solo stuff, like or Bad Astronaut or the Scorpio? No, but I, I, I would certainly be interested. Um, I've he, heard bits of the uh, the Tony Sly tribute album. Yes, well, uh, he does. Um, he did splits with Tony Sly. He did uh, a, a thing called Bad Astronaut, that's sort of a more acousticy thing. He's done solo stuff, and he's done. It was, I think, the Scorpios, which I think was, was it him, Tony Sly, and John Snodgrass? I think I'm right in saying that. If I'm not, someone will tell me. I th- and I think that that thing of them being more interested in a broader, in fact, Know It All is about being into all sorts of music and not gatekeeping and stuff like that. You know, that's yeah. very, very apparent. And I think that, in fact, you mentioned Rush. I think it was um, one of the guys from Rush has a quote about how if you have three influences, you're derivative. If you have a hundred influences, you're original mm-hmm. or you sound original. It's that kind of thing. And I think that definitely a lot of the bands from early fat, these guys strung out, those kind of things. A lot of them were sort of metal very heavily metal influenced like strung out some of their stuff is like really metal yeah it's just produced differently and has got melody over the top instead of well metal has you know what i mean you know it's it's that kind of blend um because when people think sort of punk metal crossover they think like suicidal tendencies and stuff like that and there is another sort of punk metal crossover and it's basically the fat sound (laughs) like propaganda yeah i was gonna say propaganda you know and that's why um, I think I think there was a, an interview where Fat Mike and Frank Turner were being interviewed, and they were asking about what their favorite 
he said what's your favorite fat records release frank and frank said i think it's got to be um today's empire on tomorrow's ashes by propaganda and mike said yeah that's not my one because they went a lot more metal and and also you know propaganda and mike have had a, a long history of trading barbs they don't get on no at all love it the next song stoking the neighbors I think this is another one that's like um, really sets out all of the different elements of the album. I think yep. that um, there's a lot going on here, and I think that it's one of the most lagwagony tracks on here. Um, I think it's one of the best tracks on here. You know, like I think they're at their best when they're doing slightly different rhythms, like you mentioned, slightly different time signatures and stuff like mm. that. I just wouldn't expect that from a lot of other um fat rec bands particularly during like this period where you know it's 1994 um so you know great interesting what i like about lagwagon a lot is that they will just go right um you know and i mean descendants did this particular thing but they were like right i'm gonna do a song about how much i enjoy coffee and and like razor burn as well they've got a song about shaving <laughs> Like, who does that? It's great. I love the fact that they do that. And this one is about, um, I think, one of the members or someone they know, um, drink driving. And um, and there's loads of driving imagery in it. That And with the different riffs, it sounds like it's like classic metal. Sure, yeah. In, in sections of it, it sounds like a sort of a driving a car. So you've got a Bruce Springsteen sort of inspired thing of just driving around in cars. And then the sort of the the classic metal attitude of like, yeah, I'm going to drive my car and then all that stuff. I don't particularly care for all of the chatter and the bottle breaking and the sort of conversation that they have over the top of it. Mm-hmm. Only because it kind of obscures all the music, which I really, really enjoy. Um, but then it does have that massive wah-wah solo in it, which yeah. is... Uh, which is great. So yeah, no, I, I, I like this one a lot. And then it has a, a disclaimer at the end, another spoken word bit saying, don't drink drive kids. But we did think that this was a funny story. So it's all right in it. <laughs> but yeah, stoking the neighbors is sort of, yeah, I, I like it, but I, I, it doesn't stand out massively to me on this album because, okay. and not, and not because of any lacking, just because there's a, a lot of other stuff on here that I, think is uh, really really good mm. hello everyone eddie here red and i hope you're enjoying our show if you have been and would like to help us make it a little more easily then you can donate to us at our coffee page which is ko-fi.com forward slash punk rock elite or you can look in the show notes for our link tree If you can't help us financially, we totally understand, but would love it if you spread the word to other people who would like this podcast. We thank you for your continued support. We massively appreciate it. Back to the show. Give it back. Now, this starts off jazz prog thing. Well, it's one thing that I've been really surprised with this album because I'd not, um, previous to seeing them live uh, when they supported No Effects, um, because I was really impressed with their bass playing when we saw them live but mm. previous to that i hadn't really considered lagwagon to be a particularly bass heavy band i've always been 
more drawn towards their um, guitarists and um, and their drumming and their vocals. I, I've mm. not really been as aware of their bass um, before. But like on this album, the bass leads so many of the songs and it's almost like a, a Matty Freeman-esque playing style, like all of these walking bass lines um, yeah. that are just as complicated as the guitar work. Mm. Um and I think maybe because I've come to Lagwagon after, you know, obviously I'm very familiar with Let's Talk About Feelings. Um, and then the, the other album that I'm familiar with from Lagwagon is actually Hang from 2014, like much oh, yeah. later one. Um, and so it's interesting to then like come to this one for the first time because I, I think there is a lot more bass in this than I've heard previously on, on a lot of their other work. But maybe that's just because I'm... Um, more educated than I should be in Magwagon. Uh, I mean, I think I think we all are to a certain extent. Uh, I certainly am. I sort of, I was just sort of in places where I could hear Lagwagon, so it, it it wasn't one that I sort of focused on greatly. But I always enjoyed it, and every time I'd seen them, I thought they were great. And and I think there's, and I think Joey's songwriting is really, really good, and the band's contribution, whatever those, because I don't know if Joey just comes in with some chords and goes, "Here's a song I've written," and then the band go, "All right, now what should we do with this?" I, d- I couldn't mm. say. Um, I'd be really interested to know in their process. Yes, absolutely, especially when he's really a sort of sit down with an acoustic guitar kind of guy, as well as being the lagwagon singer so it'd be interesting to know what the sort of what the meeting of minds is for that but the uh yeah it sort of starts off i mean because they've got little joe now from um rkl yeah so who, good yeah he's just insane uh well in fact there's three members of rkl that are in lagwagon it's the it's joey and chris the two remaining original members and then RKL backing them up, which is just madness. Super cool though. Starts off, it's sort of a bit more mid-tempo when it starts off. There's wah, there's loads of widdly guitars and bass all sort of blending together. I mean, the it's it's the darkest song on the record. Sure. In in that it's about not wanting to perpetrate the cycle of like child abuse. So, you know. I, I mean, it sounds like if it's if it's a character song, I don't know, but it sounds like Joey's saying, "Well, you know, there's a point where I, it suggests that the singer, the person, the, the POV character, which could be Joey, might not be, I don't know, the POV character speaking to their father says, "I hope you kill yourself like your dad did for doing what you've done." And it's like, wow, okay, we're going to do another song about coffee or. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, at least they didn't start this one with a with a little um, sample from a movie. That'd be too much. Mama <laughs> always say, "Life is like a box of chocolates." I hope you kill yourself. <laughs> Great, really, really like this one. Really, really good. Rust. Or did you have any more on Give It Back? No, I think I think um, we're pretty much like. Um covered what there is to say about that one i I do think like now it gets to a point where you know like um i'm settled into the album and there's a Mm. couple tracks that you know don't stand out to me but i also know that i i didn't dislike them so like with rust and going south the next couple tracks 
um, they, they struggle to stick in my mind as individual pieces of music. Um, I see I what you mean. Yeah, they were enjoyed. I I sort of I thought Rust was cool, but kind of forgettable. But it's more yeah. time signature riffage. Starts with a fade in, and I yeah, I, yeah, I thought that was odd. I mm, I don't know. I'm not, I I've said before I'm not really a fan of fade outs. I can I can understand a fade, a fade in. Mm. I don't know. I think it works at maybe at the start of an album, but I, I don't know. A fade in halfway through an album, grow up. It's, it seems like something that they did because they could, but yeah. I don't know. There's a Radiohead song on the Bends. Is it Black Star? Street Spirit. No, no, no. It starts with a fade in. Oh right. Oh, I thought you were because it uh, Street Spirit brackets fade out oh, oh yeah yeah so I yeah no 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 but uh, i think there's one song i think it's i think it's black star and it starts it it starts with a fade in hmm. and i i always just found it really weird i know you can't finish a song live with a fade out really but even but with a fade in even more difficult to yeah. my mind anyway that's just a bit of uh uh, production producer in me, I suppose. So going south. Oh, we got another audio sample. Ever been kicked in the head by a bull? <laughs> sure. Um, I like the speed on this one. Um, yeah. I also like the fact that it's simply about going to the south. <laughs> We've got two songs about driving on here, neither of which they're enjoying. And interestingly, there were a couple driving-related songs on Smash on Offspring Smash that came out this year as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yes. Cool. People people drove a lot in the nineties, but known for it. Known for it. Known for it. The great drive of the nineties, they called it. So I I really like the harmonies on this one. They stick Mm. out as being particularly good. Um and the 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 chorus line just I need a beer. Um there's big gang vocals in it as well with the chant. I wonder, it'd be nice, interesting to know how many of these tracks are regularly played live still by Lagwagon. Because I do think a lot of these tracks... Well, Joey one of them different... was. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but Joey has a very different vocal style to how he sounds on this. And I wonder if he can still do it. My My guess would be that he can still do it, but not all the time. So like he could do this for a few songs in a set but not throughout the set yeah they might um they might drop it a semitone perhaps mm-hmm. yeah because also you'd expect uh Langwagen to be able to being the players they are to just be able, they wouldn't need to re-detune it they'd just no. play it in a different they'd just be able to transpose it directly because they're all very very good at that kind of thing but maybe who knows he, he might have some sort of warm-up or, or what have you he sounded in great voice when we saw him to be honest yeah. but but he didn't do any of these songs well, except for one of them, we'll get to it. Um, so yeah, oh, I thought I, he did lazy. Did he not do lazy? I'm not. Oh, maybe they did. Yeah, and then there's a big, a lot of talking over the another song, another driving song where there's a massive conversation in the middle of it, where they're talking about which exit to take, getting lost on the road. One of them pretends to quit. It's like, really. 
so it's just it's i don't know it's sort of it's weird that i had only just noticed that they're the two songs about driving places and they're and they're having like pretend conversations over the top of it it's sort of a bit like um bare naked ladies that song million dollars sure yeah where they're just sort of having a chat in the middle of it but that's also a very quiet sort of mid-tempo um semi-comedy song but this one is like sort of really fast shit going on over the top of it and then there's i know it's supposed to sound all chaotic and so anyway that's just that's just my own personal feelings on these things i suppose it's uh i've done a little bit of research oh yeah there was another one of these songs that they played when we saw them at uh at, at Temple Newsham, yes. Um, they did play the opening track from this album, Island of Shame. Oh, they did. Yeah. Good choice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it turns out you can still belt them out, which is very nice. Yeah. Discords. Yeah, n- not one of my favourites on the album, but I, I, I also didn't dislike any of this music. I like it no. all. So when I say this wasn't one of my favourites... Um, it's still a very good bit of music. Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, unsurprisingly, discordant in intro. It came to quite a satisfying crescendo, I thought. It sort of it did build up nicely. Yeah. It's about moving apart as people, as friends and stuff, and uh, a lot of riffage in this one. Possibly more riffage than song. Maybe that's why it didn't strike the balance quite as quite as pleasingly. So yeah, I don't really have much to say about discords. I'm going to say, but uh... yeah, I'm 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 the same. It, it's only because it's surrounded. It, it's on such a strong album. That's the only reason why it doesn't stand out. It's it, there's nothing wrong with the song. Oh no, absolutely. Uh, th- there's I. All right, there's one skipper on here uh, for me. But I, I'm really looking forward to this. I didn't realize that you had such animosity towards it. It's. Nothing to do with Lagwagon. So anyway... And, and, um, and if you are familiar with the album, I'm sure you can all guess which one. Yeah, I might have mentioned it when we... Uh, dip. We'll get to it, we'll get to it. <laughs> Coffee and cigarettes. Uh, yeah. It's more... Ri- do you know what the riff reminded me of? It reminded me of... Right, you know when you see like uh, a tutorial, a guitar tutorial that yeah. says like the five steps of complexity yes for a yeah, thing yeah. right and what it is it's like shower days by no effects mm-hmm. is like number two and this is like number four or five because okay, it yeah. sounds it reminds me loads just just the riff reminds me of shower days by no effects loads like it really reminds me of that but like but done by someone who's actually held a guitar before. It's like really sort of really like that. That's what I like. Um, and it has a sort of a, a breakdown groove thing. It reminds it's... me of what no effects sound like on Coaster. Oh, yeah. They, they go back to that single note riff. You know, like, on, like things like the quitter and... yes. I the, believe the in goddess side of the album actually you know yeah. um I believe in goddess and yeah. those kind of songs yeah yeah you're right I hadn't actually noticed that yeah coaster is when they go back to the single note riff thing like they mm. did on like ribbed and um that kind of era 
Yeah, you're right. That's cool. I hadn't even noticed that before. They do it with a lot less distortion on Coaster. They're using a lot less gain on the guitars, and it sounds a bit cleaner, I suppose. Or they have to play yeah. it cleaner because they don't have the distortion to just make it sound cool anyway. This has got the most Kirk Hammett metal solo sure. in it. I think it's got two solos, in fact. I think each guitarist gets a go, and the second one um, is just so Kirk Hammett, it's like he's taking the piss. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. I like the fact that Kirk Hammett is in like a thrash band, formerly thrash band, in a, in a metal band, whatever, and just plays like Chuck Berry style double stop um, uh, rock and roll solos. I think that's really funny. Um, and and he just doesn't care, which is great. But yeah, so that's, um, yeah, I like coffee and cigarettes. Mm. Which is just as well, because it gives me a lot of energy to immediately lose unless you've got anything more to say on coffee and cigarettes no i think i think uh i i agree with you i think it's really great and brilliant and um yep. you know classic lag wagon really classic lag wagon uh and then we go straight into something which did plague this genre i think this is why you hate it and i am completely indifferent to it because you're coming at this from you know like a nostalgia perspective um mm. you've been aware of this for a lot longer than than i have. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah and i understand that this track kind of colored like it, it overshadowed a lot of what else was being um released at this at this point right was this like overused in compilations and things like that uh to a degree no i mean i don't mind a cover i don't mind a non-punk song played as in a punk way i honestly mm-hmm. don't mind that i don't have a problem with that i like me first in the gimme gimmies i think mm-hmm. you know dedicate but i i was when i found out that me first in the gimme gimmies was a thing i did secretly hope it meant that all other bands would go all right we'll, we'll not bother then that, that didn't <laughs> happen but but i think it's just because i actually just really dislike the song brown eyed girl yeah that's fair it's actually the song more than it is it being a punk cover. The w- the way I come to it though is I'm like I don't particularly like Brown Eyed Girl, but oh, at least it's a punk version. They've like they've made this song oh, that I would sure. never choose to listen to, and they've made it listenable. Sure, no, absolutely, no. In fact, they have done it well. It's yeah, they, fine. Yeah. In fact, if anything, the fact that the intro to it seems so close to the original is what puts me off it more. Yeah, that's fair. Basically, I for some time it's not happened for a little while, but I, I'm sort of in an on, on again, off again band with my mate Gav and a, a rotating crew of drummers, and we've mainly made a lot of money on St Patrick's Days throughout the years playing uh, Irish music. Gav is from Belfast, so don't at me. <laughs> Gav is from Belfast, and I can play lots of instruments well enough to. <laughs> make Gav's guitar and singing a bit more varied, right? And we all and we have to learn Brown Eyed Girl because yeah, people will not shut the fuck up. Because they don't know any of his other songs either. So but you know they go, oh that's <laughs> Irish now no you know. We had to learn um I think <laughs> I put my foot down so hard on U two 
that we learned Angel of Harlem, which is about Billie Holiday, and uh, none of the other ones because we're like, no, 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 we'll just we'll just do that one. And also it was like, <laughs> well, yeah, sure, we are playing mainly like folk songs, like actual trad Irish yeah. songs, and they're like, can you do um, with or without you? Like, no. Don't be stupid. Listen to what we're playing. We're doing like Fields of Athenry and shit. Yeah, we're, and we're like, doing fucking Dirty Old Town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're doing all this stuff, which was, you know, written by an Englishman. Doesn't matter. They love it. So, um, you know, it's all good. Yeah, we're doing, you know, like, all right, I put some Flogging Molly in there because people think it's trad when you play it without the electric guitar, so it doesn't matter. But, you know, and so Brown Eyed Girl was just this penance and then, and it was always the one that drunk people would try and get on the stage with you to join in the singing, and you know, you've <laughs> you've ruined all of your uh, all of your uh, you know, it's your PA that they that they're trying to ruin. So you know, it was just one of those. And also think it's kind of boring, but I do quite like the bass line when that's played by itself. But um, yeah. it's quite satisfying to play because it goes around in a little loop. I've spoken too much about Brown Eyed Girl. They do it. They do it fine. But I was irritated I, that I think the lady doth protest too much. I think the lady might. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. It, it's yeah. So it, it, that is a personal problem between me and Van Morrison's song. But is does this predate me first in the gimme gimme gimme? Is this like a precursor I, to it, or are they established I at this point? Think. I think it actually might. Let's. Because it feels like the sort of thing that would be like, you know, like the rest of Lagwagon being like, right, we're not putting any more covers on our fucking albums. And Joey's like, fine, I'll take all of these covers yeah. to my own new band. Right. <laughs> uh, years active for me, first in the Gimme Gimme's, 1995. Right, so, so yeah, it, like directly following this. Yes. So, <laughs> and in fact... Um, Dave Rawn, who's now the current drummer in Lagwagon, first played with first played, first played with Joey in Me First in the Gimme Gimmies. Ah. So um Wow, I just found out that the band is named after a children's book of the same name by Gerald G. Jemplonsky and Diane V. Sirison. I mm. I pronounced both those names wrong. That's mad. I assumed it was uh, it was uh, a made up name, but there you go. Otherwise, me first in the gimme gimmies would definitely have done brown eyed girl, wouldn't they? Yeah, but there's no two ways about it. I've I've actually always been a little bit disappointed with the song choices from me first in the gimme gimme gimmies. I think it's a uh, an, a perfect you, idea. You keep adding an extra gimme, and I know that someone's going to write in and, and mention oh. it. Yeah, it's just sorry. me first in the gimme gimmies. But you're thinking of the uh, the popular sitcom Gimme Gimme Gimme. I am. Yeah. Why are you thinking about that, Red? I just think that if me first in the gimme gimmies had mm-hmm. Kathy Burke as yeah. a full-time member, I do think it would be improved. It would. And all the songs would have the word cunt in it and she would be having fags, <laughs> fags and vodka all the time. Yeah, Brown Eyed Cunt. What, Brown Eyed Cunt? Ah, oh, Van Morrison, he's a cunt. He can fuck off. I'm not singing his fucking song. Yeah, great. I like this already. <laughs> I'm not wearing a fucking Hawaiian shirt. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe that's our idea. So, okay, uh, we're going to go on tour as me first in the gimme, gimme, gimmies. Right. And it will be a Kathy Burke fronted me first in the gimme gimmies. 
I like it. Take me home, country roads. <laughs> yeah. See? It's got There's, legs. It's got, it, it's got legs. It's absolutely got legs. Yep. All right, then. We're going to do that. <laughs> it's going to be a world of uh, eyes wide open when uh, a lot of people Google who Kathy Burke is and go, who's this? Whoa. She's great. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Love Kathy Burke. Big Scar fan as well. She's a big two-tone, so uh that big makes two-tone sense. fan. So um uh so she is adjacent to this podcast. Fine, brown eyed girl, it happened. We all lived through it. Let's pat each other on the back, marked safe, etc. Uh Whipping Boy. Now, my notes here say banger, maybe my favourite on this album. That could just be because it wasn't brown eyed girl anymore. But I do think <laughs> Whipping Boy is really, really good. It is. Uh, one of the strongest tracks on the album, yeah. definitely. Okay, good. It wasn't just me. <laughs> it wasn't just me dying of thirst and being given a glass of piss and going, this piss is truly delicious. All right, okay, good. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Whipping Boy. Really, really good. I think it might have perfected the formula of what Trashed is. Yeah, but, but also, I think that I could hear this song on literally any Lagwagon album, and I don't think it would sound out of place. Maybe, maybe it is... Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It, it, I I just think uh I I was sort of really wrapped up with it. I think it's um really really great. Just everything on it, the 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 performances are all super tight, the melody's great, the harmonies are great. It's just it's, it just does it brilliantly. It's a shame when something is that good because you're just like, yeah. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Yeah. what do you what do you it's, say about it? it it's a lot of this album like i think this is um uh, this is one of the best albums that we've reviewed on the show like including the nofx albums that we've reviewed i just think that start to finish this is consistently very good oh yeah i mean i i think i favor this over let's say smash as well yeah i agree just, yeah just personally because and i, I loved I, smash oh smash is great smash is great but this is more my style offspring were a lot more yeah sort of a bit sludgier and a, yeah, bit, a bit grungier, a bit, a bit grungier uh, at that point, which uh, which I don't dislike. Uh, I'm all for that, but this is uh, this is more my brand, I suppose. This has got all the things that tick the boxes for me. Uh, but I think Smash is still a, a, a masterpiece of the of the genre, hmm. and and it also does make it very clear that bands like Offspring and Lagwagon can sort of live in the same genre and still have it that wide you know that, that still have a, a broader spectrum of of uh what sounds can fit within that genre i guess i think these last three songs whipping boy no one and bye for now it, this album ends so strongly <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I, I agree no one i really really like it's a bit more straightforward skate punk there's less of the less of the widdly biddlies but uh, the harmonies are great on this one, and I like it. it's very confrontational and uh, sort of quite aggressive. It might be one of the more aggressive ones, I think. Yeah, I think it's a really consistent album. Like, I don't, mm. uh, I know that you you aren't keen on track ten, but for me, like the start, middle, and end are all pretty strong. I think it sort of moves through different sounds throughout the album. I think it's sort of you don't end up where you finished. Yeah. Like I've written, I mean, this is in my bye for now bits, but it's uh, this album finishes much more fat than it starts. Like yeah, that, that's I mean, fair. fat wreck sounding. 
So I think it might have also been like a transition between Duh and where they went off before they got to like Hoss and Double Platinum, which I think you'd, um, which I think most people would consider to the ear to be much more of that fat sound, that propaganda and Punk and Droblick, the first two propaganda albums and Punk and Droblick sort of fat sound thing that, um, that was so mid to late nineties ubiquitous but this one i think you can see them moving from what they were doing into that and i and i like i generally like albums where you can feel them moving from one to the other or in, the, in that strange in-between place where where sort of wild things happen i guess but yeah so bye for now another fucking sample but fine fine just gonna have it <laughs> yeah like Liam Walton said when he was on, you know, he's like, I don't mind a bit of sample because as a DJ, I can line it up and, you know, sort that kind of thing out. And yeah. uh, it gives me something to cut into and stuff. I'm like, yeah, love that. I, I'm i not that fussed with it. But, but to be honest, it didn't. I didn't mind it because I really like Bye For Now. It was a bit like um, one of the earlier songs, Discords, where it's like we're sort of not not really getting on well. But but there was also this hope that they may do again one day, which I thought was a little more optimistic. But yeah, but yeah, I think uh, I, I just I, all of the compliments I've given the previous songs, I've sort of run out of them now because they all apply. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But we're not done quite yet. Don't know. Did you get to the secret track? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, uh, back one out. It's pretty well done. Sure, sure. No, I actually quite like the guitar tone and stuff. I, uh, yeah, so it's Mama Said Knock You Out by LL Cool J, but they've changed the lyrics to be about having a plop. I mean, I didn't know what it was, and I thought they were saying uh, knock one out, which yeah. uh, which means wanking in the UK. <laughs> and so I thought it was very strange when they said Mama Said Knock One Out. Did... <laughs> Seems like something Fat Mike would write rather than uh, Joey Cape. The music on it's pretty fun and it doesn't last very long either. So if if they'd done the whole song, I'd have hated it. But they just did a little mess around and fine, fine. They're having a laugh. They're having a laugh. I'm a little bit disappointed though that um Me First and the Gimme Gimmies haven't done a hip hop album. Because they do normally theme their albums, like they've done a country one. Yes. They I think we are overdue a hip hop Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. Well, I can well, the thing is now Mike's attitude to hip hop might have changed because mm. of the co-defendants. Because for a long time yeah. he was like he just didn't like it, wasn't interested. I know that Mike chooses all the songs mm-hmm. for me first in the Gimme Gimmies. With uh, when they did the country one, like Spike Lawson's a big fan of country, so he sort of recommended artists for Mike to listen to. Apparently, Mike whittles it down to like six he listens to like 60 songs yeah i've heard this then whittles it down to the final they might record 16 Mm -hmm. and then put out 12 yeah because he's like it's not always ones that i like but they fit for how the gimmies play music yeah which seemed to work up until the divas one where they did a lot more like bending their style to fit the songs a sure. bit but who knows who knows what me first and the gimme gimmies are doing these days there's um 
not many of the original lineup still doing it. Although they are the official members, but they still have just the touring bands and stuff. I suppose it's because Spike isn't in Lagwagon or No Effects or the Foo I've, Fighters. I've seen <laughs> Joey play live with yeah. Gimme Gimme's on tour a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they're generally like kind of used as a little bit more of um, you know, you can you can stick them on a lineup to do support on a Lagwagon or No Effects show, and then mm. Joey or Mike or whoever can get like double pay or you know yeah. like um if they're signed to your label i imagine fat rep get a little bit of kickback by adding potentially yeah i mean i don't know how all of that stuff works they will get money from like record sales and stuff but a lot of that's definitely going to to the original artists but who knows who knows oh well we'll we'll well we already know about uh the dangers of covers we can talk about it in this one because we're recording this before we've announced it but you'll know about our punk and droblick tribute album by the time you this gets released oh yes of course just doing the maths in my head and going oh no we can actually just mention it and go yes we've had uh we got told because you know mike said we could do it that happened. That, did that happen. happened. You'll hear about it. And if you if you don't know about that, if you're not listening to the announcement, listen to it. But uh, Mike basically said, we can do whatever we want, but we're not allowed to film a video for it because there's some rights issue regarding video videos of covers. Yeah. Because I don't know what it is. And I'm frankly not interested in finding out if we can just avoid it because there's enough to do in this project without worrying about that shit. He said that they wanted to do a video of me first in the gimme gimme's for their version of desperado sure by the eagles but they had to get permission and the eagles said that is the worst cover of our music that we've ever heard no yeah i don't think don henley would really get it no and to be honest i think their version of desperado is fucking brilliant that yeah, whole country really album good. though is really really good it's... and i really like eagles <laughs> oh really oh, fair enough yeah i, like... I don't know i watched um i i, I have a, a history of this actually um, I watched a three-hour documentary about the Eagles. Right? right. And at the start of the documentary, I was like, oh, fucking Eagles. And then at the end of the documentary, I was like, it's the fucking Eagles. <laughs> um, and this, I had the same experience with Rush and oh, right. with uh, ZZ Top. Uh, oh, okay. After watching their incredibly long documentaries, at the start, I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? And at the end, I'm like, these guys. <laughs> my my guy's right here. My yeah. boys. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. terrified about watching like a music documentary for a band I hate. Like, yeah. And sit down and watch a U2 documentary and at the end be like, oh, Bono I, was right. I mean, I'm pretty confident Bono prevents that from happening. Yeah. So right, yeah. that's all right. Because I'm sure everyone else, even with the, you know, Rush's propensity to go, well, Ayn Rand did make a lot of very good points in her enormous <laughs> shit books, seem like they're not maniacs or like dreadful, boring cunts. Bono, I don't need to finish. <laughs> don't, don't need to finish that, do I? But um, but yeah. So so as far as like uh, all that kind of stuff. But we're talking about trashed, so we'll go back to it. Trashed, great, yeah, Re- really good. If you're into this kind of the the kind of music that we cover, and you've not and you've been sleeping on trashed, get on it. It's great, absolutely. And let us know where this sits in your um you know tier list of lagwagon albums is this your favorite lagwagon album your least favorite um, absolutely punk rock elite podcast at gmail.com yeah brilliant 
really, really glad I did this. And um, we'll be back again. Oh, we'll speak to you in the outro anyway. We'll let you know. Anyway, oh, yeah. cool. So trashed, yeah. Thumbs up. Two thumbs fresh. Take Absolutely. it away. That good. Well, I think we can all agree that was probably the illest that we've ever done. I'm still doing the skateboard thing from the uh, intro thing. It's fine. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Trashed by Lagwagon. Oh, it's a good album, that, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and also, you know, if you didn't catch our Rancid episode or our Offspring episode, mm. uh, these are all a part of the Peer Pressure series. Uh, we're reviewing albums from 1994. Do go and give those a listen if you haven't already. Absolutely. It's uh, all about looking at the landscape that no effects was a part of not just them by themselves and that's a a very very cool thing to do anything coming up i was about to say anything coming up your end anything coming up which is a personal (laughs) question which is none of my business frankly nor the listeners have you got anything that you'd like to plug that you've got going on Right. I think you've made it worse. With I've the, made it worse. Reference. Yeah, I know. What, have I, what am I playing at? Uh, you know, I'm going on holiday super soon. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and then I'm looking forward to getting back and uh, getting back in the practice room for a little bit more of our band rehearsals. Well, if I'm not mistaken, we will be rehearsing at the end of the week that this goes out. Indeed. So that's tremendously exciting. So... Yep, we're doing that. Uh, I'll have just done Leicester Comedy Festival. So maybe it's, uh, depending on how that goes, maybe it's just as well I'm not doing this having done that. And uh, (laughs) the next time I talk about it, there'll be a distance between. So if it goes well, I'll still be happy. And if it's gone badly, I'll have recovered. So I'm sure (laughs) it'll be fine. Um, You can find all of that information. Uh, We're also, yeah, we're going to be doing more interviews with people who are going to be a part of the tribute album and they'll be coming up uh very soon until then um check them all out you can find them on our instagram you can find uh we've tagged them in a lot of uh a lot of the posts go and follow them check them all out first get a head start on it because your new favorite band might be one of them lot and it would be lovely if uh, we can all uh really uh create a high tide that's going to raise all of our boats uh so thank you ever so much for listening thank you red thank you eddie uh and we'll see you all next time bye 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 goodbye thank you for listening to punk rock elite it was a pick scrapes and fruitcake co-production by eddie french and red redmond if you're not following us on instagram or subscribe to the podcast please do the main theme and production was done by eddie french please contact us at punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com thank you